0: I think we all know how positively, truly, horrendously dreadful LSU special teams were in the 2022 season. So what did new special teams coordinator, John Jancic, see that went wrong? And what is he going to do to fix it? You are locked on LSU, your daily podcast on the LSU Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Well, thank you for making Locked in LSU your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast. Plus, you can also find us on YouTube. Just search Locked in LSU in the search bar, and then you can find us and watch the podcast there. Like, comment, subscribe, all that great stuff. Always appreciate y'all for making Locked in LSU your first listen every single day. My name is Caroline Fenton and I am your host as I am every day. You can follow me on Twitter at Caroline Fenton one, or you can follow along with the podcast at locked on LSU. Let's get into it. We heard from John Jancic, new special teams coordinator, outside linebackers coach and kind of interim defensive line coach advisor. So he was wearing a whole lot of hats right around this time, especially before LSU fills Jamar Kane's absent defensive line coach position. So, He spoke on special teams. He spoke on the outside linebackers. He spoke on the defensive lineman on tomorrow's show. I'm going to get into what he had to say about the defense and the defensive line. But today I want to focus on special teams because ultimately that is going to be one of the biggest parts of his role. And that is going to be one of the biggest areas that LSU is going to have to improve upon if they want to get back to Atlanta. If LSU wants to be one of those teams that's competing for a national title, at the end of the season, they want to be a college football playoff caliber team because far too many times this past season, we saw special teams hurt LSU. And sometimes it didn't hurt them to the point that they lost. Sometimes it did a lot against Florida state with two muffed puns, a block kick, uh, two block kicks rather of a missed field goal and a missed extra point. So, Special teams are important. As unsexy as it feels like sometimes to talk about special teams, when it hurts your team like it hurt LSU this past season, you got to talk about it. So what did John Jancic see? And what did he think went wrong with special teams this past season? He was asked that question. This was John Jancic on what the issue was with LSU special teams this past year. Where do you think a lot of some of that um i guess originated from um
1: i just think overall we had uh you know some guys uh that got injured um we were playing with some guys that didn't have a lot of experience um and you drop a couple kicks you know and then i mean stuff happens i mean it's not uh it's not any one person's fault uh i think it's just a collective uh look at our special teams as as a whole and um You know, we're just working hard to continue to get better. We're not going to focus on the past. We're going to move forward uh, in a positive manner. And that's what uh, we've done. That's been the message to our team. And that's what the message will continue to be to the team.
0: So let me give John Jancic a little bit of credit here, maybe a little bit of grace here. It's not like Brian Polian is out of the building, (laughs) the former special teams coordinator. I think it would be a whole lot easier to really diagnose the problems and to expose what the problems were. Not that anyone is going to call anyone out, but I think it's a little bit easier to diagnose the problems and to at least express and verbalize those problems publicly to the media Whenever the person whose job they're filling in isn't right down the hall, you know, doesn't have an office that's just a a few yards away where John Jancic is speaking. You know, Brian Pullian is still within the building. So I think that's that's a little bit of a difficult question to ask whenever you don't want to throw Brian Pullian under the bus. And I, I half believe him and half don't or really. Yeah, I'll just say that. I have to leave in a tone. I do think there's a good bit of truth to the injuries and the inexperience. Like, Let's go back to that Florida State game. The blocked extra point, the blocked field goal. There were several guys that were blocking on that special teams unit that had never done that before. So I think that is part of the problem, especially early on in the year, is a lot of these guys just didn't have any experience. Now, they should have been coached up to be able to do it they should have been coached up throughout the off season to be able to block just half decent enough for an extra point to go in. But you know, to their credit, there was a whole lot of inexperience going on in that team. It wasn't just on special teams, but it unfortunately did rear its ugly head and be very obvious on special teams, the injuries, that's fair. You know, if you want to add in the injuries, I don't think that it was, an injury that caused Jack Besh to fumble the opening kickoff against Tennessee and hand Tennessee seven points on a silver platter. Maybe that's me being overly critical. Maybe that's not fair of me. That's just my evaluation of it. I also do think a good bit of his coaching because it wasn't inexperience or injuries that caused the entire LSU special teams unit to just jog off the field after a missed field goal and hand Georgia seven points in the SEC championship. That's not inexperience. Thats those aren't injuries. That's bad coaching. So I think that to to John Janick's point, he said it's not one person's fault. I don't think that it's one person's fault, and I don't think that it's one root cause of the issue. It wasn't just injuries. It wasn't just inexperience. It wasn't just poor coaching. I think it was a little bit of everything. You can work with an experience. You can get experience. You can work with injuries. You come back with injury. You can come back from injury, rather are you this is this special teams unit going to be coached up better than it was this past season now that's the question so what is John Jancic going to do differently how is he going to hold this unit accountable this season this is what John Jancic had to say
1: just eyes and accountability on special teams you were here last year you kind of got to see it from afar I guess but how comfortable are you that you're going to have enough of both to really make sure that it's refined to the point that it needs to be oh I'm very confident yeah I think um I think we've made great strides. I think, um, you know, we tweaked a few things, but uh, not a lot. And, and really, uh, it's not about uh, what we did. It's about how we did it. And that's been our emphasis. And um, I think the players have responded very well. And I like the, uh, the effort. I like the finish. And uh, that's a big part of special teams. You got to have guys out there that, that uh, you know, do, uh, do the little things right. They have attention to detail, but they strain and they finish.
0: Thought it was interesting when he said it wasn't what we did, it was how we did it. And I I, I would agree, it's not the special team system, which is why Jack Beg fumbled the opening kickoff against Tennessee. It wasn't the special team system that caused Malik neighbors to muff two punts against Florida State. It wasn't the special team system that caused LSU special teams unit to not know that once you uh, once you miss a field goal, that it's a live ball and that Georgia can return it to the other end for a touchdown. I don't think it was a special team system that was the cause of, you know, blocks in the back or 60 plus punt or kickoff returns. It wasn't the system. I don't know what it was. Like I said, it could have been all of the above inexperience, injuries coaching. You know, I, I don't know. Just fix it, please. Whatever you do just fix it. John Janick says he's very confident. He's very confident that he's going to get this special teams unit to a point that it needs to be. And I sure hope so. And I'm not asking for the best special teams unit in the country. I'm not asking for a special teams unit that doesn't allow a single return or, you know, returns a kick every single kickoff for a touchdown. I'm not asking for much. I'm just asking for special teams not to hurt you. I'm just asking for a special teams unit that ranks better than 125th in the country. I don't think we're asking for much. But coming up next, personnel is is a big part of special teams. Who are you going to put out there? I think that's kind of what led to some of LSU's special teams woes, especially in the beginnings. They just didn't have the right people in place. So what has John Jancic evaluated in terms of the personnel and the players that they want to use on special teams? We will get into that coming up next. But before we do that, I want to tell you about FanDuel. The Grand Slams, the no-hitters, the double plays, they are all back and there is no better place to get in on the MLB action than FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. That's because right now, new customers can step up to the plate with a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. And just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up, place your first bet, and get up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if you don't win. And if you need something to bet on on Vangels and MLB action, two teams that I never thought I would be saying this, but throw some money on either the Tampa Bay Rays or the Arizona Diamondbacks. Promise me, I promise you, trust me, those teams have been red hot. So far to start the season. So don't miss your chance to get a no sweat first bet up to $1,000 when you join FanDuel today, just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up FanDuel, the official partner of major league baseball. Well, thanks again for making locked in LSU. Your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast every day dayers, tomorrow on the show. We will be breaking down John Jancic's defensive line and outside linebacker evaluation. Plus, what he has seen so far from a defensive player that I know everybody wants to talk about. We'll get into that on tomorrow's podcast, but today's podcast, we're focusing on John Jancic, the special teams coordinator. He's wearing a whole lot of hats this time of year, but in terms of we kind of broke down his philosophy of the special teams, what he saw from special teams, what he was to approve on special teams, but let's get into the personnel punt returners, kickers, special teams, units, what he's been saying what he's evaluated so far punt returner kick returner is one big question mark so far going into this season is who is going to be the punt returner against Florida state week one. Is that going to be your guy all season long? You're going to have a rotation out there. And also very important, is your punt returner going to be able to catch punts week one. That's uh, that's all we ask. Just catch a punt. Uh, but this was John Jancic on some of the players that he's eyeing to be the punt returner week one and guys that have been going through it a good bit during spring practice. This was John Jancic on the punt returners. Hey coach, right
1: here. Um, just the return game on special teams. Just who you guys have working back there this spring, and just what is? Uh, yeah, I guess we've got Eric- a we got a, a variety of guys back there. We're catching uh, a lot of punts, um, catching kickoffs. We put in some some kickoff stuff today. It's an ongoing evaluation, but uh, you know we feel good with with the guys that uh, you know we have back there. With you know we have Greg and then Kyle Parker's back there. Um, Sage Ryan. Uh, Noah kane so there's a there's a number of guys that are getting the work and the, and the amount of reps uh, that they need to get so that we have a comfort level um, as punk uh, returners and kick returners
0: so you 've got a huge variance of age position experience got some true freshmen thrown in there you've got Noah Kane a running back amongst a bunch of wide receivers Noah Kane kind of a veteran guy. One name that I didn't hear that I'm so happy somebody provided some clarification on, because I knew you were probably waiting for this name as well.
1: Yes, yes, I do. He's obviously been injured, but, uh, you know, he, um, he factors in once he's healthy and gets back and can, uh, can start doing some stuff.
0: I didn't know if you heard it was a little bit quiet. The question that was, asked, I believe it was Glenn. Glenn appreciate you for asking that question. Do you see Aaron Anderson in that ro- in that mix in the rotation? Emphatically, yes, absolutely. Aaron Anderson, the wide receiver transfer from Alabama, originally from New Orleans, was the top prospect coming out of the state of Louisiana in 2022. He played for Edna Clark High School. And it seemed like I'm just joking about returning every single punt and every single kickoff for a touchdown. It seemed like Aaron Anderson did that. Pretty much, pretty darn close to it in his time at Edna Carr High School. He is a special teams freak. So he has been injured. He hasn't been able to be out there consistently, if at all, honestly, for spring practice. But once he gets back and he gets 100% that he absolutely is part of the special teams rotation. So glad that that was addressed. So punt returner, kick returner is something that seems like it's it's in, uh, it's developing. You got several options, which is a good thing. And you don't need to have your punt returner decided today on April 19th, but it's good that you got some guys in the mix and it's good for several different guys to start taking some of those reps. Another, area that we'll all be watching on special teams is who is going to be your kicker. Now, Damian Ramos was one of the few bright spots on special teams this past year. I'd add Slade Roy into the mix of that as well. Um, The few bright spots on special teams, Damian Ramos for the most part was pretty money. I I mean, I, I think as LSU fans for the longest time, there were way too many years where we would you know, it'd be a 35, 40 yard field goal. And we would all be on the edge of our seats because we just had no idea if it was going in or not. Like Kelby, De- Colby, Delahousie, for example, sweet angel soul, the sweetest person player out there. It was a 50, 50 kicker. Damian Ramos to me, it seemed like he was pretty money. I was not at the edge of my seat. Like I was maybe with some former, uh, uh, former LSU kickers of the past. Cole Tracy, also another one that I was never on the edge of my seat. Cole Tracy, money as as you can be. Uh, but Damian Ramos is uh, is returning as the kicker, but there's also a little bit of depth there as well, as Nathan Dibert is also in the mix. So John Janzik was asked about, you know, is it a true kicker battle? What have you seen from Damian Ramos? This was John Janzik.
1: Following up on that, John, down here, how much is this a competition between him and, and Nathan? Um, I, I would say it's a pretty good competition. Every every position is is competitive, right? I mean, that's what spring is for. It's for guys to get out there and compete on a day-to-day basis. Nobody has a, a so-called job right now. Um, you know, we don't call it depth chart. We call it organizational chart. We're just, you know, putting guys out there, seeing them who compete, and uh, putting them in, you know, for kickers, putting them in, you know, different situations, Coach Kelly will, you know, uh, put them on the spot once in a while and have them kick a, you know, a 53-yarder, um, put him in a, a situation where you try and create anxiety and see how they respond.
0: You can interpret that however you would like. I interpret that with some experience with a lot of coach speak. Damian Ramos is your kicker. He's your kicker, and competition is always a good thing. Having depth is always a good thing. Having a young guy coming up through the rings, Nathan is only a sophomore, um, always a good thing. You can never have too much depth. But to me, my interpretation of it is Damian Ramos is your kicker. But John Jancic had a very smart and coach-like and respectful and polite way of answering that question without coming out and saying Damian Ramos is our kicker trying to promote some competition throughout spring ball. But hey, anything can happen. Knock on wood, unfortunately, injuries happen. Maybe Nathan goes out there and spring and um on spring practice and training camp throughout the summer and he is nails and he's knocking 50 55 yarders and Damian Ramos isn't looking consistent. I am not throwing out the fact that anything can happen. Just my interpretation of what he had to say there was Damien Ramos is your kicker, but hey, competition, bring it on. We fully embrace it. Happy Wednesday. It is a Mailbag Wednesday, so we'll get into your questions coming up next. Well, thank you for making Locked in LSU your first to listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Happy Mailbag Wednesday to all of those who celebrate. Remember, I take your questions every single week on a Wednesday. You can send those in on Twitter. You can tweet me at Caroline Fenton one, or you can drop them down below on the YouTube page. You can DM me. You can DM at lock LSU. However, you want to get those questions. And I always appreciate y'all and uh, sending in those questions and hearing from you. I love to hear what you guys want to talk about, what you guys want to hear about, what you and all of your friends that are LSU fans are talking about, but I got a bunch of tweets on this last night. So we'll start on this. Overall consensus is what the heck happened to LSU baseball against ULL at uh, Alec Box on Tuesday night. I'm a hater. I say, ULL get over it. Um, first thing I will say is it's a midweek game. I'll go back to what Paul Maneri has said so many times before you don't win championships by winning midweek games. <laughs> you win championships by winning series within the conference and being consistent. Midweek games allow you to experiment a little bit. Midweek games allow you to see what you have in your bullpen and being able to experiment with the bullpen without um, without costing yourself a game in conference play when it really, truly matters. I will never overreact to a midweek game win one way or another, get too high or get too low. I never also want to act like midweek games don't matter at all because I think that they do. I think that you can learn a lot from midweek games, especially within the bullpen. I think you can learn a lot from midweek games just overall. I think you can take a lot away from them, especially going into some of these series. So never get too high, never get too low on midweek games, never get too high, never get too low on individual games themselves. Look at the body of work as a whole, but some of my takeaways Um, Dylan Cruz You got to catch those pop, those pop flies. I mean, those are, those are easy. Trey Morgan uh, dropped another one. Those are easy routine plays that if you play defense for LSU baseball, you have to make those plays. Those are like, those are such routine and fundamental catches that you just absolutely positively have to make. And they didn't last night. You got to You got to catch pop flies. Those are routine. That wasn't made last night. The bullpen didn't look great. Uh, Thatcher Hurd was on the mound to start last night. He is a guy that I kind of talked about yesterday, along with Ty Floyd, of two guys that I just I haven't been thrilled with, really. And I always say don't get, high, don't get too high, don't get too low on a small body of work. And that's what I reminded myself and of all of you um, about Thatcher Hurd and Ty Floyd at the beginning of the season. But now we're getting into the point of the season where you need to be showing improvement. You don't need to have a 0.5 ERA. What you do need, though, is to show me that you are better in April than you were in February. And I haven't seen that from Thatcher Hurd, who was on the mound last night. Thatcher Hurd, starting to seem to me that he's done more to hurt the team than he does to help the team. And I hate to say that, but it's true. I mean, you don't lose to a team like ULL. If you if there wasn't, you know, contributions from everybody, I'm not going to put it all on Thatcher Hurd. I'm not going to put it all on, on some of those, you know, dumb errors defensively. It was all a culmination of everything. But still, those are all boxes that should have been checked that just simply were not. So you got to clean it up. Going into Ole Miss this weekend, Ole Miss is the worst team in the SEC probably. Um, but still, you know, this is a, a good opportunity to get the first sweep of conference play and to get that confidence back up after a midweek loss to UL, um, you know, you just got to turn around quickly and and figure it out before all Miss and get things moving. But it was bad. It uh, it was not great. But good to see Jaden Coleman out there. It was the first time we saw him this uh, this season. He had Tommy John, I believe, it was the summer, the end of last season, whenever that was. He had Tommy John the first time I got to see him on the mound. So that was a silver lining of everything. Uh, but that's gonna do it for me today. Thank you for making Locked On LSU your first listen every day. Every dayers, tomorrow on the podcast, John Jansik's breakdown of the defensive line and what he's been seeing from Harold Perkins. All of that on tomorrow's edition of Locked On LSU.